When you're responding to people, you're always the effect in being reactive. But we know you're more productive, you're more happy when you're cause versus being the effect. So as you breed that confidence and that knowledge, over a year, two years, three years, you'll start to understand this better. It's not gonna happen overnight. We all have days that we're off. It's just, what do you, what's your reaction to it? Do you get deeper into it or do you counter it and move forward? I told everybody around me, I'm willing to sleep in the street and lose my car and everything to make this happen because I want it so bad. But I don't think people want it that bad, dude. That's why they're not willing to do it. But we all have that one thing that's at the edge of our comfort zone saying, hello, but we keep running away. You have to confront it. All of them say it. How many of those videos have we seen put out? And they always say the same thing. I wish I would have done blank, you know? So do blank, whatever blank is for you. <laughs>
you're considered a trailblazer for. Like, let's say your family never started a business and you're like, hey, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to be the first one in our family to start a business. That gets welcomed with a lot of criticism. So as much as people want to see you succeed, they also don't want to see you succeed. So we see a lot of jealousy and hatred and, and critiques from people who supposedly are in our circle that are supposed to support us, right? But on top of that, now you add the element that if I put that on Facebook, the whole world can see it. So one of the biggest breakthroughs for me the last year was since my following, my attention levels have gone up by virtue of the numbers going up, I'm getting more criticism and hate. But there was a huge shift this last year to where now it doesn't have an effect on me like it used to. I don't want to say anything back. I look at everybody differently now and I see it as an opportunity to either learn something myself or maybe get in a communication with the individual and teach them something. Because maybe they're not even aware of their behavior. Maybe they're not aware of some of these uh, pieces we can say of communication that I've learned and how what we put out is what we get, right? Because we just simply are patterned as human beings. If we had a pattern of always being yelled at by our parents, we think when we get in a leadership position or we become a parent that we're supposed to yell at our kids unless we study and learn. So that's been the biggest breakthrough for me, man. And it's been incredible because from a personal fulfillment standpoint, I've skyrocketed because now I never really create that negative energy or, or kind of hatred for people. It's almost just compassion, gratitude, and not that I'm, people confuse that with being soft, yeah. right? And you're a fighter, you know, but you don't have to always, you know, the lion isn't always walking around like that. He turns on when he needs to turn on, yeah. right? But most of the time he's walking around relaxed. So it gives me a lot more sense of being more cause in my life versus being the effect. When you're responding to people, you're always the effect in being reactive. But we know you're more productive, you're more happy when you're cause versus being the effect. I love that. And it's funny that you're talking about the lion uh, because I wrote down uh, something today that I want to talk to you about. And because you're in sales, you're building a business, you're, you're this tough guy, look good, muscles, tattoos, boxing, yeah. you know, all of this like alpha male shit, yeah. but you also have a softer side to you like, like we all do. Yeah. Uh, so I wrote down uh, lion uh, plus heart equals lion heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's your thought, uh, thought on that? Like being a lion, but also mm -hmm. have a heart and compassion. Like how do you, how mm -hmm. do you do that? Because a lot mm -hmm. of people think, especially in, in real estate and sales, mm -hmm. that you have to be a jerk or a douchebag in order yeah. to do yeah. well, which I think, mm -hmm. I don't believe in that. Maybe it works for some people, but you, yeah. don't, you have no fulfillment if you're always a jerk. Yeah. So what's your thought on that? Well, I think it's a part of the journey, right? When we look at traditional sales or when people train somebody to sell, when you look at that individual, they may be more advanced than their student, but when you compare them to a world-class salesman or somebody who's really studied, there may be kindergarten level against that world-class person's university level. So I think it's part of the experience because the more you learn and the more you develop, the more you start understanding these concepts. The first time somebody who maybe we can say is more beta or shy or introvert learn some of these concepts about being alpha or starts fighting and they feel that confidence, what do we tend to do? We tend to over, you know, we go on social media, forget everybody. I'm not going to take it from anybody. I'm the man. You can't tell. We go to the extreme. So whenever we get a taste of what that's like, we tend to do that because it's almost like we're breaking free out of a cage. So I think a lot of that is experience because I was taught by those people who were jerks. And in the beginning, I didn't know better. So I did it. But even myself seeing the customer's reaction and me learning more and studying subjects like NLP and hypnosis and just looking at communication more um, and being around people and gathering more experience in sales, in the field, I started to realize and see there was more. So as I was studying and learning more and experiencing more is when I started to see, hey, there's more to this than I was taught. And I think that that's the key for people to start being able to balance these two and see both of them is... You have to step into that world and experience it and be active in it and study and learn. Then you're going to start to understand where that edge is of being too cocky or too soft. But you have to experience it. Whereas a lot of people, they won't do that. They'll, they'll, they'll watch you fight and want to you know, fight, but they'll never do it. But you got to do it. You got to get in there. You know, I remember the first time I sparred in boxing, uh, I was too tense. Now I'm a lot more relaxed. I see all the punches coming. I can roll and slip and all that. But in the beginning, I was, uh, right? Wow. But I had to get in there. 
And as far as a confidence uh, standpoint, if we're going to re reference the lion, now that I've been fighting for like a year, I'm one to actually run the other way when it comes to confrontation. I tell people, look, I don't want to fight. I'll buy you a drink. Relax. I don't want to push that because you know what you're capable of, just like the lion does. Why is he going to exert his energy when he doesn't have to? You know, so part of that wisdom also comes, I believe, from that experience of being involved with it. So as you breed that confidence and that knowledge over a year, two years, three years, you'll start to understand this better. It's not going to happen overnight. I love that. What does BC do on days when you don't feel like waking up? You don't feel like having an audience that watches you or going to meetings and doing business. How do you pick yourself up in those moments? Great question. Uh, there's a lot that I do. One of the things I always preach to people, and, and we know this as a fact, is you got to have power players around you. You know, who you, who you keep as company tells me a lot about you. I could do something as simple as call you or call somebody else that I know who is normally on their game. And just a quick conversation with them will, will lift me. As far as uh, personally, I have a lot of rituals that I do. Before every speech that I do, I'll go to the bathroom or maybe go behind stage if I'm on a stage. And for one minute, I take myself through visualizations of me pretending to be an emperor back in maybe the Roman days and talking in front of you know, a million people and having that, that status of, okay, this is our leader. He's going to come out and give the speech for you know, the next thing that's going to happen, right? the revolution or whatever. And that, that imagery, that emotion, it immediately shifts my mood. Now, being backstage and not wanting to do that speech, all of a sudden in one minute turns into, let's go. I'm going out there like a Spartan, you know what I mean? Like I'm ready to go. If there's a million people here or 10 people, they're gonna get the best speech ever. So it's a simple trick and ritual, right? A lot of that stuff I learned in NLP. Little techniques that you do to anchor certain emotions or be able to very rapidly change your state. And the last thing I do is I check my physiology, my body language. When we tend to be low energy or not feeling good, we tend to slouch, you know, we're not smiling. Um, and, and there's a lot of indicators physically. So if we simply just sit up straight, you'll start to feel better, yeah. right? So those are some of the little tricks that I do because we all have days that we're off. Yeah. It's just what do you, what's your reaction to it? Do you get deeper into it or do you counter it and move forward? Awesome. Yeah. And uh, in your coaching program, Modern Success, you, you also work with a lot of young real estate agents, entrepreneurs yeah. who a lot of times maybe lack, you know, confidence. And I'm, I'm talking about real yeah. confidence because acting right. cocky yeah. and being <laughs> a mouse is not the same as being a lion just chilling in the sun, right? Right, right, right. So what, what do you want to say to those people here mm -hmm. now that have, have a big goal, big dream, but mm -hmm. they lack confidence? You know, I found my confidence initially because um, I, I hear that question a lot. You know, it's a regular thing. So let's rewind to me being in real estate as an example. I found my confidence initially by saying, you know, I don't have these advantages, right? I'm not older. I don't have experience. I was borrowing my dad's suit at the time, his jacket. So the sleeves were like to here because he's a little <laughs> bit shorter than me. Uh, my pants were too high, right? I had everything working against me. But I said, okay, um, I'm working on my mindset, right? But that's going to take time. What's a practical way that I can start to build confidence? And I said, well, I need to know what that thing is that I want confidence in. So this is sales. I'm going to be sitting with the customer and meeting with the customer. I need to know what to say. So when they have a conversation with me, regardless of all those other things, when you have a conversation with somebody, all that disappears in my field. So if I can be lethal with my words and my conversations, that will give me time to catch everything else up. But in those moments, they're going to say, wow, Brian's good. Now, that's still going to take time too. But that's the one thing I can focus on that I have control. So that's what I looked at. What do I have control of? So I got my script books, right? I started following agents and listening to them with customers and watching. I started reading my scripts, dude, hours a day. After a week, I had every script and they gave us 20 scripts. I had them all memorized. You could call me at three in the morning. Hey, what's line five on script number six? And I would tell you like that. That is what gave me that confidence. So to those entrepreneurs, there is a skill or something in your control in that field that you're in, that if you master that through your own effort, that will give you that initial confidence. Not all of it, but enough to get you going that then will get you that first sale that then will start breeding that confidence. Of, okay, now I'm getting experience. 
Now you get the swagger, like they say, you get a little bit more, but that's all I focused on because you have what you can't control, which is all those things that people focus on. I'm too young, I have braces, I don't have a suit, right? No one's gonna trust me, I don't have a network, I have no sales experience. That's how everybody talks to themselves. But what can we control? I could control my effort in studying and perfecting my craft, and that's all I did. And within weeks, people are like, who's this kid? I'm walking around with my chest up, like, because I bred that confidence in myself with my hard work. The question is, is are you dedicated enough to do that? Because it's not fun, people made fun of me. Oh, you robot, you're just learning the scripts, da 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 but within a couple weeks, they're like, hey, what are you doing? How are you getting these sales? You're new, I've been in the business five years and I can't get one, what are you doing? Well, it's this, the boring work that nobody wants to do, right? That, that was the focus for me, man, and that's how I build that initial foundation of confidence. I love that. And I want to talk about the boring work because I think <laughs> as I used to think that people that don't putting in the work that they're kind of just weak, but now I've changed yeah. my mindset yeah. that I think it's, it's not that they're weak or lazy. It's just that they haven't found the right mot motivation to do it. Uh, and we, we as athletes, I think we've been trained since we were young to do boring shit all the time. Right, so right. It, it comes more natural. But what do you want to say to those people? Like, hey, yeah, of course I want to I practice my scripts or do all this work. But it, I, my body's telling me to not do it that much. Yeah. Well, there's a lot I can comment about that. One dynamic that you just described is logic and emotion. The majority of the population and human beings in general, they're... They're, remember how I reference cause and effect? Yeah. If you run on your emotions, you're the effect because the body produces the emotion, you feel it, and then you decide what you're gonna do versus being cause point, which is, hey, I command myself, I'm gonna do this. So we need to work on being more logical versus emotional, right? Now that's an extensive process. But the main thing is this, anytime I had a boring task ahead of me, what I did was I took that task and what I did was I created a line, almost like a, imagery and like a goal line we can say and said if I dedicate myself to this what is it going to lead to because many people look at that moment of oh, I don't feel like doing it but when I take that goal of let's say I want to make a million dollars and I start reverse engineering it right? a million dollars is what eighty thousand dollars a month uh, twenty thousand dollars a week what is that uh three three thousand dollars a day and let's say one sale is three is three thousand dollars just as an example now, all of a sudden, a million dollars turned into, I need to make one sale a day, just with that little exercise that I gave you. And if I tell myself, if I learn this, this boring paper, if I get good at this, and I make one sale a day, I'm gonna make a million dollars, that suddenly seems a lot more palatable to people. But what people do is, they daydream, and they're not setting actual measurable goals. That's the difference. There's a big difference between the daydream goal and the this is an accurate bullseye goal that I'm going after. That's how I did it. I became very methodical, almost like a hunter, right? You know how they map the coordinates? Like the, hey, uh, I want to airstrike at coordinate 5950 on the map. That precise. Because the mind is extremely powerful. If you give it a, a general goal, it'll get it. But if you give it a laser specific goal, it will also get it. That's why the people that say, oh, I want to make a lot of money, they never make money. Because let's say they're walking down the street and they see a dollar bill and they pick it up. If they say, I want to make more money, well, the mind just said, well, you made more money, you made a dollar. Versus, I want to make $1.2 million this year. For me, it's 1.25 million this year I want to make. Razor specific. And I've broken it down. You can check my charts. Everything is just mathematical to a T. Now, is that boring? Yes. But guess what? I'm already on track to hit that this year. But I focus on it. So whether it's a dollar, 1.2 million, or whatever it is, you need to be so specific that you know, by me doing this boring thing, it equals that. And that was so clear in my mind that when I didn't feel like doing it, at that time for me, it was a Lamborghini. I'm like, if I do this, I can have a fucking Lamborghini by memorizing this fucking paper. This is amazing. And that's what kept me going because I was crystal clear. Not just watching videos and, oh, the Bugatti, this and no. I want this and I can get it by studying this, period. That level of intensity and focus. Clarity. And a lot of people don't have clarity and they don't know exactly what they want. Like, what do you do then? If you, you're like, hey, yeah, I don't know. I want, I want a good life. I want to make money. Yeah. I, I want to I be good at sales. But yeah. there's no real specific clarity there. 
Well, there's two things I can recommend to those people. Number one is I think we're hitting a era now in the culture where everybody, everything's the click of a button, right? Um, if I want to see a Lamborghini, I can type Lamborghini on YouTube and there's a million videos. So now to the average person, it's built this perception in them that, oh, everybody has one. I get messages like that. So what I'll do is I'll message them back just to teach them. I'm like, okay, I'm sure you know a couple YouTubers that have them personally in your life in the last month. How many have you seen outside of a car show in your neighborhood where you go day to day? And they say zero. Exactly. So everybody doesn't have one. Right. So that's kind of polluted people's minds a little bit, I think. More than anything, though, there's a lack of experience with people. When I finished playing basketball because of my injuries and I had that year window before I chose real estate, I was out there checking things out. I'm knocking on doors of businesses to get a look at it. Any of my friends who were entrepreneurs at the time, which was very few, hey, can I spend a day with you to see what your job is like? I was out there. I mean, one of my friends was washing cars. I was like, hey, I'll go wash cars with you for a day just to see what your business is like. And I did that. You don't have to pay me. I didn't get paid. I just went for a day and washed, I don't know, 30 cars. I got sunburned that day because I'm the sun <laughs> so much. But just to experience it and see what it was like. And that's how I stumbled across real estate because... In the process of doing that, you're going to come across something that the light bulb goes off. Like with real estate, us being athletes, we know that we've built that precise discipline and commitment. And when I saw real estate, I said, man, this is cool. I don't work a nine to five. Everyone else, most people are lazy. I'm going to come in early, leave late. All I have to do is learn some basic fundamentals like I did in basketball and apply them. And I said, okay, Mr. Broker, just to make sure if I sell 10 houses my third month, I make 10 commission checks. He's like, yeah. I was like, sign me up right now, you know? But I connected the dots when that opportunity was in front of me. And I think people aren't interacting with life enough. They're just watching videos. You have to get out there and experience and experiment and be okay for six, seven months. Uh, everything I was like, no, 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 no. But I was actually doing the work. Yeah. I didn't watch my friend washing cars on a video. I washed cars with him, right? My other friend, um, he had a clothing business. So I went with him on sales calls and actually did sales, even though I knew nothing about sales. I sourced inventory for him. I went on the computer. I, I went with the, to him on meetings. I experienced it firsthand as being an employee without asking for money. Right? That's how you do it. If people did that for a year, we would forget about this, oh, I'm lost. I don't know what I want to do. They're saying they're lost sitting on their couch on Netflix. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. Well, I don't know what I want to do. You got to get out there and... Grab life by the horns. The bull, you got to grab it by the horns, man. But you got to go out and experience. And until people do that, there's always going to be that lack of clarity. Because you, what do we become clear? We have experiences. We filter the experiences. And then we choose what we want when we have options. But if you're not clear on what your options are, how are you going to be clear on your final choice? You know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense. I totally agree with you. And I think trying things doesn't mean... I think there's a, a lot of people are afraid of trying things because they don't want to be portrayed by other people like yeah. they don't know what they're doing or right. uh, all of that. Yeah. Uh, so I totally agree with you. One thing that I want to talk about, and I see this all the time in real estate, in sales, in sports, I see so many people that are putting in 90% of the work or 95% of the work yeah. they're or they're working until October yeah. and then when everything happens like my best results in anything has happens towards the end a yeah. lot of the time yeah. because I'm going to the 9900 and maybe 101 percent mm -hmm. so what do you want to say to those people that they're they're good they're working hard but the last five percent they're like hey yeah. it's 530. I'm going to leave because I hit 95% of what I wanted to do today. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that has a lot to do with a person's values and what they stand for. Like, for example, for me, uh, a term that I coined with my coaching members and I've said on a few speeches is I have a personal contract with me that I hit a certain thing. So if I give my word, and in our group, we've actually posted our, our written contracts. I had people write contracts out and sign them. And there's a penalty if they don't honor them. But I went through that exercise and said, this is my personal contract that I'm going to do X. So for this individual, let's say I'm gonna to talk to 20 new people a day in sales. So for that person that does 15, there's a penalty there. But do you know why that happens? Because in day-to-day -day life, people's words has the weight of a feather. Why is that? Oh, I'm gonna wake up tomorrow at six, they don't wake up at six. I'm gonna go on a diet, they don't go on a diet. I'm gonna go talk to that girl, they don't talk to that girl. 
for years, people have told themselves things and they haven't honored it. This is what's created that. So now in this situation where that individual starts doing a little bit or half the work or 60%, they're like, well, I normally don't even listen to myself. So me doing 60% is great. So to me, that's a lack of standard and honoring of one's personal word to oneself. Now that requires people to look themselves in the mirror and say, I'm lying to myself every day and I need to change it right now. That's a personal journey and evolution that every individual has to do. Because there was a day in my life where I said, no more. I'm not going to lie or be dishonest to me or anybody ever again. And from that moment, I have not. And I will refuse to break my word. Because that is extremely powerful. You want to talk about confidence? That's one way to have confidence. Especially if you're a guy trying to get girls. Because how many people have insecurities? How many people are scared to say something when I can say it, even if it's a mistake, and say, yeah, I made that mistake, but guess what? I'm a better man for it. So when these people are um, getting close to the end, another thing is this. How many interviews now have you done of people who have told you that it's that little extra effort that got them the prize? I've said it. I'm sure everyone else has said it. So in the day and age where everybody's telling you exactly the answer to your question, how are people still not doing it? So between the personal evolution that I just described and that reference of everybody saying it's the extra mile. Because yeah. as an example, it, it's not me doing the regular real estate work nine to five. It's the extra nights that I put in and the weekends that I put in that gets me ahead of everybody else. Otherwise, you're doing what everybody else is doing. So that's, I think, a personal issue for people that me, you, or someone can give them some mentorship on and help and advice, but they ultimately have to make that decision. Because another mistake I'm seeing is people want us, as an example, people who are helping, to hold their hand through everything. It's like they want you to go in there and spar for them. Hey, come throw the punches for me. No, you have to throw the punches and get hit and dodge and learn the defense. I can't do it for you. And that's one of the toughest things, what you just described for people to do. But if you can conquer that, you'll have the world at your fingertips. Because it's one of the toughest things to confront. You know why? Because no one else knows. Only you know. When you go to sleep at night, you have to live with yourself. Crazy, right? Yeah. I, I love that. And yeah. I think it's what you, you said before, cause or why or whatever it might be. Like, for example, every time I do a podcast, I, I always think, think about this. This is not about me anymore. Yeah. This is about sharing. I, I have a commitment to the world to, to help at least 10 million people. So now it's yeah. not about if I had a bad day, if I had a bad call hey, I got to show up and be on point because somebody's life could actually change, you know? Yeah. And when I, when I change that perspective, everything changes because now it's not only about me. And I, I talked to Leora Machida, the UFC champ, a couple of weeks ago, and he said that too. Like when he sees people at 35, 40, like giving up on life, it's like, no, that's... That's sad. Or if yeah. you're 20 or wherever you're, if you're listening now, giving up on life, you don't have to be a fucking world champion or uh, yeah. the best real estate agent or whatever it is, but be good at something. So mindset, how do, what's the best way to start building a good mindset? Well, I mean, this is a, a multi-layered discussion yeah. if we're going to talk about mindset. The first thing I would tell people is, uh, the first piece of advice that I give is become more aware of just everything day to day. You know, I, I look at, and I say this to people as a, I present them this like uh, challenge or kind of question. And I say, look, have you ever stopped to look at people like when you're driving on the streets and on the freeway, when you're in the mall and you're walking around and just looking at people, have you seen the expression on their face? How so many people seem like, they're not even alive, you know? And when I look at that, I say the outer look of somebody, right? Their facial structure, their posture, all of that is a result, is the effect of the cause, which is how they talk to themselves and what they're aware of, what they listen to, right? Because that ultimately becomes you. So the first homework item I give people is, how do you speak to yourself? If I was to get a megaphone, you know, the ones that announce loud, and I put it on your ear, and every thought you had for a day or every question or statement you said to yourself was broadcasted to the world, how would you feel? And I see people go, right? They're, they're like, oh my God, no, you know? Because people, their own self-talk is so bad. Oh, I'm so lazy. Oh, I'm so stupid. Oh, I can't do that. It's like, whoa, 
But what they don't realize is everything you say to yourself and everything you listen to is recorded in your subconscious mind. So if you've patterned yourself, like I said in the beginning, we're all running on patterns, to now speak to yourself in that way, you've literally cast a spell on yourself. You know how we spell words? Spell. The word spell is in there. It's magic. You're causing yourself to become that. If you say, I'm lazy to yourself five times a day for 10 years, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to have that tendency. Your mind's going to say, I'm lazy. That's a command you're giving to yourself. So that's the first thing to work on your mindset because when you do that, that's what now starts affecting the machine of the body because your thoughts and imagery input to your body. Many times when someone has an extreme fear to cold call as an example, it's not the act of cold calling. It's what their mind created, that movie reel that then they respond to that creates the emotion that gets them to do that. Versus me, I look at cold calling as money, success, helping somebody, let's do it. I push everybody out of the way to grab the phone where everyone else is like, whoa, what's the difference? We have the same script. We have the same opportunity. We all have hands. We can dial. It's the mental imagery. So when you start working on your self-talk, it not only will help you become more aware of how other people are speaking to you and you're speaking to them, but you'll become much more aware of how you're talking to yourself and you can start changing it. So as a, as a little homework item I can give them is every time you tell yourself something negative, immediately counter it with something positive. And if you really want to be all out, do two. You say something negative, say two empowering things to counter the balance. Because however old they are watching, 20, 30, 15, 50, you've, you've set that pattern in your mind for a long time. So it's going to take a lot of time to chop that tree down because you've patterned yourself for so long and you've had these habits and you're not even aware of it. It's crazy. You know, I, I look at people who maybe they get cut off in traffic. That's a reaction that's patterned. They didn't think, okay, I'm going to get mad. It's just reaction, right? And they're not even aware of it. So that's where it starts, man. That's where it starts. I'm, I'm not going to sell people a seminar or anything. Start with that. Become more aware of you. Even when I go on drives, I, tr I try to very, be very, very aware of the whole drive. Because I tell people, the last place you drove was 15 to 20 minutes. Do you remember anything? Most people are like, nope. So what were you listening to? Music. What was the conversation? All of that just went right into your subconscious mind because you weren't aware of it. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And I think we're kind of so many things are happening at the same uh, time that we forget yeah. to be present. Um, and one thing that I wanted to ask you, like kind of a follow-up question, mm -hmm. like you built your business on uh, door knocking, cold calling, and a lot of those like hard work. And when you go into a real estate office, you see a lot of lazy agents <laughs> and a lot of them actually say it doesn't work anymore or, uh, you know, um, coming in as new uh, people that are listening or they're like, hey, I want to take my business to the next level. How do you reframe your mind if you're mm -hmm. in that like environment when most people, no, I'm going to do two calls today or no, it doesn't work, yeah. you know? Well, the best piece of advice I got back in the day when I started was, for the first point was, I'm only take advice from people who are qualified to give you advice in that area. Yeah. So when I'd walk into the office, and somebody would say, oh, that doesn't work. I would look at that person and say, well, they sell one house a year. So obviously that advice is coming from somebody at that level. That's why I immediately got a coach and went to the events and filled up my circle because I couldn't do it physically. I didn't have people really in my area here in Southern California that I knew that, hey, let's meet up twice a week and talk and support each other. It was people I met on Facebook. And keep in mind for the listeners, this is back in like 2013. Now it's infinitely easier. I can go to an influencer's YouTube page and look at the comment section and start messaging people who are supportive. Boom. I just created four or five new friends. I can do phone calls and a mastermind like that. I didn't have that back then. I'd go on YouTube and put real estate, zero results. Maybe a show. There was nobody like me teaching stuff for free. I had to pay a coach $1,000 for a 30-minute phone call a week. You know? So it's really a process of finding the right people to learn from and sticking with them. And then if you are going to associate with people on a conversational level, on a friendship level, making sure that that circle you create, again, being cause. Yeah. I'm gonna cause myself to get this coach and learn from the right people. I'm gonna cause myself to now find the right people. Yeah. You know, and, and that has to be priority and number one. Not, well, I wanna not spend time with this person, but you know, they're, I think they're nice. I've known them 10 years. Yeah, but if every time you meet with them, they say, what are you doing in real estate? Just get out. Door knocking doesn't work. Yeah. You're putting yourself in that position. 
So you literally have to become, for lack of better words, almost ruthless about your success and your evolution. It's gonna upset other people, but you have to be okay with that. So if you learn from the right people and you get the right people or you create that group yourself, which I did many times, I created multiple masterminds when I started to keep that, that energy because everywhere around me was negative, but that's what keeps you going. But that takes a lot of effort and work. And are you willing to get the coach? I didn't have the money. I put it on a credit card and said, I'm committed to paying this off in the next two months. Let's go. But I had that level of commitment and that's what you need. Yeah, I love that. And I, and I think uh, a lot of people, they want the results first and spend money after or a guarantee. And uh, we as athletes, we know you do all the fucking work and then maybe you get rewarded at the end, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, can, there can only be one winner. And yeah, yeah. I think th how do we, like people that are listening to this right now, they're like, hey, I, I would like to do that, but I don't want to take that risk. Uh, or, yeah. What do you want to say to them? Well, you have to look at both sides, right? With the risk comes a reward. So the higher the risk, typically, the bigger the reward. That's a dynamic and a polarity, similar to cause and effect, right? Those are the laws that I always think about and operate on. So if I'm going to stay in my little bubble, then I can expect to get bubble results. It's scary. I was, I was so scared, man, making that. I was almost crying signing that contract to give them my money on that credit card. Because again, I, my mind was like, what are you doing? But I was like, I've talked to people who were successful and they said they did this. Like, I have to trust in that, right? There's no way to do that, but do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I could, I could hypnotize you and do all the stuff <laughs> to get you to do it, but it's literally a decision where, for a lot of people, it's that moment when their back is against the wall and they have no other option and they're like, okay, I got to do this. I'm sick of this. Let's go. Like, maybe somebody passes away or you know, uh, something dramatic happens in their life for them to say, okay, I have to do this now. But we don't have to be at that point because I, I was pretty low, but I wasn't that low. We need to finally say, you know what? This is something I might've never done, but hey, I got to do it. If I don't take any risk at all, then I'm going to live the average Joe life. The average Joe doesn't take any risks. And what do they live like? The average Joe. And again, I'm not just talking about money because you know what happens now? Something like I did where I'm crazy enough because I've talked to so many TV networks and they tell me, no, I'm starting my own show. Yeah. You think that's not risky? Putting all of my personal business, even more so, on the internet? But had I not taken that step six or seven years ago to pay with my credit card for that coaching, I wouldn't even be dreaming of doing something like this. So it's a sliding scale and it's a necessary requirement for you to finally do something new. You're doing something new. Anything you do new is scary. Remember the first time you fought? How scary was that? First time I boxed or sparred? Scary. First time I picked up a basketball? Scary. First time you talk to a girl and you approach her? Scary. It's always scary. It's always risky. But you can always bounce back. That's the thing. You only lose when you quit. And that's what people forget. So had I not been able to pay that credit card and I got taken to collections, I still would have stayed in real estate and figured it out. If I had to sleep on the street, man, I was that willing. I told everybody around me, I'm willing to sleep in the street and lose my car and everything to make this happen because I want it so bad. But I don't think people want it that bad, dude. That's why they're not willing to do it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the problems a, a lot of times in life that we, our actions are not aligned with our mm -hmm. goals, which yeah. is a big problem. Why do you think this is so important to you that you were willing to even sleep on the street? Like yeah. what, what does, what is that is driving you? It's just a, a commitment to, for me, if I'm going to give my own personal story behind it, I was always that kid that was doubted. So I always feel like I had a chip on my shoulder, right? What I changed was I used to do it to prove people wrong. I don't do that anymore. I just do it for me. I'm to the point now where the excitement for me is what else can I do? I feel like anything I touch now, I'm doing great at it, but I believe in myself. And now the fun aspect for me, the excitement is how far can we take this? Like with the show, you know, my, my vision is, even though people would call me crazy, I want to do better than the TV shows. I want this to be the show where someone's like, Hey, I watched million dollar listing. Oh dude, you watch that. Oh, you got to watch this show. It's only on YouTube right now, but it's even better. That's what I want where anybody, if I told, let's say, a hundred people, they would laugh at me, but I don't care. Just like with the whole sleeping in the street thing, it's the same thing. It's, it's a commitment to see what I can do. Our limitations were given to us by the people who brought us up, period. I was told we're not in the social class to make money. You'd be very happy if you even get a stable nine to five. I was sold this level of life. 
below the knees. I said, I want to be a titan, 100 feet in the air, level life. And my curiosity, even as a child, to see how far I could take it and if it was even possible was what drives me, man. Because I saw people around me being hypnotized, because we're all hypnotized, by the opinions and estimations of others. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to live by those rules. Just like the first man who broke the four-minute mile. You remember that? And then within a year, what, 30 people did it? But what was in the mind of that guy? He just thought it was possible. He's like, I'm going to go for it. And that's what it's about, man. I love that. And, and it's so crazy. When you live on purpose and say, fuck it, I'm living, I'm the person that I am. I have no excuses for anything anymore. 100% ownership. And you turn it around, just like you said, like, how far can we take this? Yeah. That's an yeah. exciting, Hell right? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Is for me, when I look at my life, I say, wow, if I'm not scared yeah. of what I'm doing, I need to yeah. level up, man. Right, it's right. scary, but it's also exciting. Yeah. And so, so what do we want to tell to people right now that are like, this sounds all great, but they're like, hey, I have a kid to support and, you know, I'm, I'm not... I'm not willing to take that risk or I want to do it, but it, it feels mm. so hard. Start with something smaller. You know, everybody has something on their mind that's right at the edge of their comfort zone. Like maybe for some people it's taking dance classes. Maybe for some people it's going to networking events because they feel like they're so socially awkward that they can't do it. Right. There's always something at the edge of every individual's comfort zone that's different. That is that thing they need to do because that's where the growth is at. They don't have to take a huge risk. And say, well, I'm going to pull out a second mortgage and put it all into Bitcoin. No, they don't have to do that, right? You know, yeah. you don't have to go to the extreme. It's cool to hear those stories. But when you get in that position of practical application, go where the edge of the comfort zone is. And it could be anything for anybody. It could be as simple as tying their shoes a different way, right? It could be anything. Maybe it's that shirt that you really want to wear, but you're afraid to wear it because you know somebody's going to say something and you're going to draw attention to yourself. And you don't know how you're going to respond to the attention. Wear the shirt. Because that didn't cost you any money. And it's sitting there screaming to you every day, please put me on. Please put me on. It could be something as simple as that. And that's how I started, right? Alongside the credit card and all that. But the first step was that. You know what? I want to wear this flashy suit. Everyone's hating on me, but I'm going to wear it. You know why? Because I want to. And I like it. I'm going to wear it. And I'm going to wear it proudly. And it starts like that, man. That's how you build the momentum. But we all have that one thing that's at the edge of our comfort zone saying, hello. But we keep running away. You have to confront it. I love that. And I, when you were talking about this, I just thought about uh, my second competition in karate when I was 15 years old. Um, I lost, I think, 8-0 in 30 seconds. And that's, if you lose with 8-0, it's like technical default. They yeah. stop the fight. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was just like, and that was my second tournament. And one thing that hit me in that moment was that I'm, I'm doing this. I didn't even care that much. My first thought was like, shit, what are people going to think? But then yeah. I was like, no, I'm actually doing this. Yeah. And I'm doing it for real. So I just want to tell you, if you're trying and you fail, quote unquote, miserably, just like I did, as long as you regroup and learn, mm -hmm. because there's a gap. When you go to a tournament like I did and you didn't win, there's a gap. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't yeah. mean that you suck. The only thing, there's a gap. Yeah. And are you willing to do the work to bridge that gap? Mm -hmm. uh, so even research shows, I was re reading this special edition of Time called Success that is out now. And even research shows that the most quote unquote talented people are not the, the people that are succeeding the most. It's the people with perseverance that yep. are willing to go the mm -hmm. extra mile. Uh, so love that. Gratitude. How important is gratitude in life when it comes to success, you think? Tremendous, man, because from a vibrational standpoint, right, like the words that we use as an example, if I tell you, if I put you down or tell you bad words, it lowers your vibration and my vibration, right? If people uh, want to learn a little bit more about that, you would look at the emotional tone scale with the top being, you know, enthusiasm, optimism, passion, you know, those kind of things. So... When it, comes to, um, when it comes to gratitude, I make sure to do a gratitude practice in the morning, right? I, I always, in my meditation, the last two or three minutes, will pick two or three things, could be anything that I'm uh, grateful for because 
it, it like puts a switch off in you, right? And we know that how you are and how you feel is going to determine how you walk, how you talk, how you interact with people. And then maybe because you did that exercise and you're feeling good, you'll say hi to that person, that first person you see, and then that turns into that opportunity that you need. Or that becomes that one connection that a year later introduces you to somebody else at a party that then is that one person you need to start your business, right? That's how the law of attraction and all that stuff works. But that's why that practice of gratitude and creating that feeling, because that's really what it is. It's a feeling and a vibration in oneself. Then everything outward falls into place. And I think that's huge because when I look at some of my best moments, it's because of that. Maybe I was feeling a little extra grateful or I had that very high vibe and I ended up talking to different people or being at the right place at the right time with the right vibe that attracted that person or opportunity. And that's where the magic happens. But it's a practice you have to do every day. And you don't need, I remember being in my 400 square foot apartment where I would do my old videos where you could see how small my apartment was in my videos and I would send that to my clients, right? But I was grateful for that 400 square foot apartment. So regardless of what people told me, my internal state was, hey, I have a place to live. I have a roof over my head. You know, I have a refrigerator. It's not big, but you know, because it had the big spot for the refrigerator, but I couldn't afford it. So I had a smaller refrigerator. So I had all the space, but I was like, I'm, I'm grateful for, for this. I'm grateful for what I have. So you don't need a lot to feel grateful, but it really changes you as a person and you start having a different perspective and you have a different uh, presence around people. And that's what will allow you to overcome criticism and judgment at an even higher level because that's such a higher vibration than criticism and hate and judgment that it won't even affect you. That's why I'm at the point now where it really doesn't affect me. I want to help those people sometimes, especially if I see an opportunity. I'm not like, oh, I need to fight them back. I'm way above that now. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah, yeah, makes sense. And it's, it's, it's a great level to be at. And uh, I, I read this as well, and it's exactly what you are saying. And it's very... Con contradictory what people think but success doesn't lead to happiness it's actually the other way around yeah. happiness leads to success yeah. because when you yeah. are in that positive state mm -hmm. you're ready to go after it yeah. you you can you can handle things much better and uh, i want to talk to you about one thing that i struggle with in my life i have so many cool things that i want to do i and make time for right, right, right. and uh, Sometimes time is not enough. So to people out there that have like all these crazy goals they want to go after, but they have a little bit problem with making time and also yeah. being present, yeah. uh, what are your best thoughts uh, on that? Man, what a great question. Um, I'll filter it through my story and, and kind of tell you what I did. And I know that will answer it for you or at least give you my perspective on it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to do a lot when I got into real estate. Um, I did see the whole video thing, social media. I knew I wanted to go that route, right? I, even though I was terrified, I had that thought in the back of my mind. Um, obviously, I was always interested in selling clothes or coming up with my own brand and that kind of stuff, right? So I filed that away in my mind. Real estate, um, real estate investments, right? So I had four or five ideas that I started with, but I said, okay, I knew right away in my mind, even though I didn't learn that datum that I'm spread too thin, I was like, it's not going to work. Yeah. Everyone that I know that's successful has that one thing. So what I did was I worked on my real estate business and I kept those thoughts and wants and ideas in the back of my mind there, but I focused on real estate because I realized that, hey, once I build this up to a certain point, it then gives me the financial and time freedom to do those other things. So successfully, I built up my real estate business in about three years to where I could start hiring people. Right? I brought my girlfriend on, um, another girl, an assistant, to where now I personally can take some time away, but that's been filled in by other people, and now I can start working on these other projects. But there has to be that one pillar and priority that you have. right? And since then now, if we talk income streams, I have, I think, eight now, and I had one, but I focused on that one and built it up strong. Now I, have a, now I have the time to go on rallies, you know, the exotic car rallies, which I'm going to one this weekend. I have the time to do it. You know, the, the merchandise, we're actually in the works of making it now. The Team BC merchandise and the shirts and all that stuff. That vision that I had six or seven years ago now is being done. So the formula that worked for me was I need a priority. I need to focus on that. That then will give me the freedom and time and resources to be able to invest into these other projects that I want. But I have to... Uh, buckle down and do one. You heard the saying when people say they're the jack of all trades, yeah. and I say, and you're the master of none. You gotta master one, then from there, you can do whatever you want. 
And I really think that's the key. Did I read that in a book? No. Is that some advice I've heard from people? Yes. Uh, but that's just my opinion and my take on it because that's how I saw it, how I did it, and it's successfully working for me. It's a formula that I plugged in that I was able to utilize. No, I love that. And yeah. I, when you said that, I was thinking about one of my national team coaches back in Sweden when I was competing on the national team. And he said, like, we looked at one guy from Iran. He was a world champion. He's like, look at that guy. He had one technique. So this guy was the best in the world on one technique yeah. and had, of course, tremendous timing and, and all of that. But yeah. he was the best on one technique. You can become a world champion yeah. by being the best at one, one small yeah. little thing. Yeah. One punch. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Uh, so totally agree with you. Uh, one thing that I, I'm, I'm curious about is like, where do you see like your life evolving the next couple of years and i'm not talking about business i'm talking about like mindset wise yeah. where do you think you'll be in a couple of years man great question i see myself being more unplugged in a sense like i still I, i'm really efficiently creating all my systems so i can do a lot more in less time and i'm enjoying uh, like yoga i got into yoga this last year i do bikram yoga two or three times a week consistently I mean, I'm taking that practice very serious. I go on nature walks at least once a day for 30, 45 minutes or an hour. Um, I'm meditating a lot more. Um, I'm getting more into the spiritual side and learning more about quantum physics and, and really just getting a better understanding of human beings. And again, what our potential is, but not just in the business world, but mentally what we can do, you know, and manifesting certain things. And I find myself going more towards that route because then from there, having the business success and then evolving more as a person, I feel like I can even help more. Like you said, you want to impact 10 million people. I'm going more towards that alongside with unplugging and, and being out more with the world and nature, helping a lot more people because I see the effect that it's having and I see a lot more people gravitating towards me for that help. So that is the main focus for me the next couple of years and it's slowly morphing into that, I see, you know, and I'm really enjoying it because it's like a, almost like a new uh, rejuvenated sense of purpose in a sense, because our purpose can change and evolve. And I feel like it's evolving into that at the moment. Yeah. It's a yeah. new era of the lion, right? Yeah. Uh, and um, if you want to be a true leader, that's yeah. the next step. You're out fighting. Then, Absolutely. hey, if you're a true leader, it's not all about the fighting. It's about yeah. helping, helping the pack, so to speak. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, I'm curious, like you have this big goal to make a million two fifty this this year. Mm. How do you how do you deal with that? Because you know what to do every day, but also staying present, mm -hmm. you know, not only focusing on the outcome, but also yeah. being present in every interaction in, in, in yeah. all of that. Well, I mean, the goal is always in the back of my mind. I know we're going to have, just like anything else, uh, the law of rhythm, right? We're going to have days where we're really on it and the days where we're off, months where in cycles where business is a little bit better, a little bit worse. So my thing is all I can control, like I said earlier, is me my awareness and how I respond to things. So in the midst of this good days, bad days on the outside, I focus myself on staying in the middle as much as possible. So when I need to respond to something, instead of taking an hour to respond, I respond in five minutes. Um, if I need to deal with a client who maybe is a little bit flustered, it's okay, I'll, I'll step away for a second, get ahead on another project, then circle back to them in 20 minutes and maybe their mood has gotten better and now I can communicate with them again and get the result. So it's about, controlling me and not getting caught up in that cycle. You know how they say go with the flow? I don't agree with that. Because if I go with that flow, I'm gonna be high and then crash, high and then crash. I don't want that. I wanna be the flow and I want the flow to go around me. I wanna be the eye of the storm. You get what I'm saying? And I think hitting the goals now, I'm seeing that's infinitely more important than just the, the, the calls or the meetings. It's more about that because the result after that is out of our control. We don't know if the client's gonna say yes, even if we do everything right. I've been in situations, in sales situations, where like, I did that perfect and we didn't get the deal. I'm sure you've been in fights, you're like, man, I was perfect and I still didn't get the win. So we know that's gonna happen. So that tells me all I need to control is me and stay as centered as possible. So in that situation where we do it perfect and we don't get the sale, how do we respond? Are we right back at it? Or do we take two days? Oh man, we lost that sale. And oh my, I can't believe it. Can you believe they told us no? And we play that whole game and we get caught up in the swing this way. No, I wanna stay in the middle. And if the, if the focus is on that, I notice everything else takes care of itself because that's a deeper rooted uh, plane 
we can say to operate on versus just a surface level. Oh, well, I made 10 calls. How come I didn't sell a house? You know? No, I love that. And it's basically be committed to the process and unattached to the outcome in a way. Mm -hmm. And that's what why I'm trying to do in my inbox. I haven't have an email said that be committed to the process and unattached to the outcome just to remind myself. Sometimes it's hard, right? When you have deals on the line and like, hey, I I want this going to be good for my life and be good for the client and and all of that. But at the end of the day, if you are centered and know, hey, I'm showing up. Uh, I I met a, I interviewed a guy called Wayne Otto. He won a world champion for karate nine times. So every time before his fight, he put his knuckles to his jaw and said, to the best of my abilities. Because I asked him, why did you continue after being a world champion one, two, three, or four times? Yeah. He was like, it wasn't about that. Yeah. It was about the best of my abilities, you know, yeah. showing up in the world and doing yeah. the best. Not about winning against somebody else. Yeah. Even competing, even the word compete means yeah. working towards excellence. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I have to beat you. Yeah. It means working towards yeah. excellence. And I think when you have that mindset, you're not selling yourself short because even if I win against you or someone else, I might sell myself short. Mm. Uh, so one last thing that I want to ask you, Brian, and then I'll let you go. What do you want to, what's the last thing you want to say to the people that have been watching and listening to this? And thank you guys for staying. We're almost an hour in. We yeah. appreciate your time. And especially in this day and age that people take one hour to actually watch or listen to something. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For real, yeah, seriously, <laughs> seriously, man. I mean, anything longer than two minutes now, yeah. it's like, whoa. Yeah. So what's the last thing you want to just say to people that they should be working on or doing right yeah. now? Make the commitment for this and this only, and I want to, I'll make it brief. Do not be the person that watches our next interview maybe in six months or a year, and you haven't done anything and you're in the same spot. Make the commitment that every day you're going to take a step. That's the biggest issue I see, man. People will watch something like this and, and then they won't take a first step or a second step or a third step. The ones that do come back to the interview in a year and they're like, oh man, I've, I've had my struggles, but hey, I'm finally getting some momentum. Yeah. Don't be that person. That was a commitment I made a long time ago. I said, I'm not going to be the one who sits idly and does nothing. I don't care if I get beat up on every sales call. I don't care if I go to the appointment and they say, get the hell out of here every time. Because I know every time I go, I'm learning something and I'm getting better, but I'm trying. Who wants to sit on their deathbed and then tell their son or their kids and be like, because you hear this all the time. It's sad when you see those videos on Facebook like, I wish I would have gone after it more. You know, I regret not going after real estate. Make sure you do what you want to do, right? Don't they always say that? So I made a commitment to myself. I said, I don't want to be that person. I want to tell whoever's there, even if it's just my cats, right? (laughs) And be like, I lived it to the fullest. I did everything I said I wanted to do. So I can pass and you can know that I'm happy. So you do, you do that same thing in your life and just go after it. And don't worry about what people tell you, right? That's the biggest thing for me. And those images and those videos have always been in the back of my mind, man. Because it's not that I resist that, but it's like, what a shame that people don't go after it. And then later on, they say they would have. So that is the infinite wisdom, I believe, from the older generation to just do it. Because they say it. All of them say it. How many of those videos have we seen put out? And they always say the same thing. I wish I would have done blank, yeah. you know? So do blank, whatever blank is for you. <laughs> Thank you so much, course, Ryan. Man. And that being said, just go after it. And we're super grateful that you are here today. If you want to learn more about modern success, Brian Casella, where can they find you? Uh, Brian Casella on Google. You'll get my YouTube channel, at Brian Casella for my Twitter, um, Instagram, all that stuff. I'm very easy to find. That's awesome. No, no dirty pictures if you look in the pictures. Maybe. <laughs> Funny story, actually. <laughs> before, I had a picture of myself in a pink bathrobe yeah. and like showing my chest. And that ended up like on the first page when people Googled me. And that wasn't good for me applying for jobs a couple of years. <laughs> but I got it away. It was so funny. Yeah. So, yeah, just, just watch out what you put on the internet because it stays yeah. forever. Make sure you're an adult <laughs> if you follow me. 18 plus. 18 plus. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, guys. And, uh, yeah, if you want to learn more about what we do, if you want more of these conversations, we have more than 160 conversations right now. Go to ilovesuccess.co. And in order for me to accomplish my mission, I need you 
to share this with somebody and talk about this and most importantly, go after it in your own life. That's why we're doing it. If nothing happens after this show, I think it's a waste of time because there's so much entertainment out there and this might be entertaining, but this is more of taking action and education. So thank you so much. <music>